Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes. I am your host, Mike Katrin, and we are joined once again by my co-host, Tyler Watts. Tyler, what's up, man? Uh, not much, Mike. How are you today? Um, I'm doing all right. I'm doing not too bad. I'm, I'm talking myself off the bull's cl- uh, cliff lately. I'm not going to complain about them very much in this episode, or at least way less than I have been in the last episode. I think you're going to complain about them a yeah. fair amount, but, but that's right. The listeners want to hear it, so it's all there's, good. It, there's a decent chance, um, especially after that nonsense with Harden and then the Rockets fans' reaction to that. They go, Rockets fans, you're, you're classless. I'm already coming at you. You're classless, Rockets fans. Uh, poor Rockets fans. I, I don't even know what to say. It just... I mean, you, you saw what happened, right? Um, I did not see what happened. I, I don't think. Although okay. when you say it, I probably will know. So I said I just started out the show saying I wasn't going to complain about the Bulls. <laughs> Here's like another ten minute tirade about the Bulls. Um, all that happened was I'm not going to get into it. But all that happened was um, Harden is playing defense on Michael Carter Williams. Michael Carter Williams is kind of boxing him out. Harden literally jumped onto the top of his back throwing them both to the ground. They called the foul on Michael Carter Williams at a critical point in the game. And uh, it was a turnover and it was a horrible call. It was actually, it was in a, is it a Kings Lakers embarrassing level call. <laughs> I love that description. Um, yeah. It's James Harden. So I mean, are you surprised? No, I don't. I don't care. It was. It wasn't like he was going to the rim and got another nonsense call like he does every single game. This was an offensive foul called on a guy who got jumped on the back of. That's like in soccer, the guy, a guy coming in and undercutting a dude going up for a header, and they call the foul on the guy who's laying on the ground with his neck broke. Like, it's horrible, horrible, terrible call. I don't think the NBA even came out and said that was a. It was a wrong call. I think they completely ignored it. I didn't see the uh, after report anywhere. So, and then Rockets fans are like gloating about it, and then like talking trash. Uh, there was um, a little rift, I think, on Reddit where Rockets fans were talking trash about Nene, like beasting up Joakim Noah in like a playoff two years ago or whatever. Like, um, first off, Joakim Noah is not on the team anymore. Nene is not on the Wizards anymore. So Does I don't still play. I think he's on the Rockets, right? But he's got to be like 46 years old, right? Like, I don't think he plays for the Rockets, but he's on the Rockets. Uh, he and actually so, does play a little bit. I'm, uh, I said that in jest, but he is like old and should not. Yeah. Like I, I didn't anything. even notice he was on the Rockets and I watched the game. And so they're talking trash about this. The hilarious thing is the next game, the game in the playoffs, the next game, Joe Kinoa dominates Nene so bad he had zero points and fouled out. So I don't know what I don't know what they're getting at. Come at me, Rockets fans. You're classless. Poor, poor, poor Mike. Your bulls just are sad. Um they got a shot to whoop the Kings tonight, though. So I mean See, there's there's another day in predic- basketball. It's a predicament. We need their we need their uh, first round pick, so we should probably just lose to them. <laughs> Just tank it to him. Yeah, why not? Jimmy's not playing. I think Jimmy could probably could have came back tonight. He didn't come back tonight. A little suspicious. Uh, I think that's actually a good tank move. 
No way. Dwayne Wade's dropping 40 and they're beating the Kings. Oh, my God. Probably. Can't can't win anything. Um, let's get away from the Bulls as quickly as possible before I uh, become severely depressed. And let's get into a lot of new – a lot of things happening in the league. It's um, kind of a weird time of year. Trade rumors are starting to – ramp up it's almost the all-star break uh and so that's when actions really usually starts happening when it comes to trades and it's a good time to look at the second half of the season um a little weird because it's it's already past halfway through the season but the the all-star break always feels like the halfway point of the season and uh, a lot of things change in the back half of the season with uh teams starting to play their young players starting to rest their old players you got tanking teams who don't care at all you got these weird middle teams trying to get that eighth seed in the playoffs and then you have you know your contenders who end up start the last 10 games of the season don't even play any other players so it gets it gets weird in the last half of the season and uh, i think we're going to we're going to try to focus on um kind of a little second half of the season preview maybe see uh, some players that might be of your interest but uh, let's get into the news first what do we what do we got uh coming across the the wire today tyler um well the first thing we should probably talk about is zach levine uh being diagnosed with torn left acl and obviously he's going to miss the rest of their uh, regular season now the first thing i want to say is did you see this play i i did not see what happened was it really bad well, no, he, like, was down, and, and, like, they made it seem like he was going to be fine. And, like, even, like, they were like, oh, he's going to go for an MRI as a precaution. And then, like, boom, torn ACL, gone, done for season. Did he, like, walk off the court? Um, I think he did. Um, it just, like, That's weird. he was, like, laying on the ground for a minute, and, like, he just looked like, like it hurt. And then, like, he was just like, ah, oh, it looked like it was going to be cool. And then it just wasn't. So, well, that that might be a good sign that it isn't a very serious tear, but it's it's a serious enough tear to put him out for the rest of the season. So, second question I want to ask you: If you're the Minnesota Timberwolves and you don't have Zach Levine, who are you playing as your guard next to Ricky Rubio? Well, I mean, I like the fact if I'm a Ricky Rubio owner that Zach Levine is not in the game anymore because I think the, the, those two guys don't really play that well with each other. I know um, off and on this season they have, but ideally you would kind of want to see them separate. Though Ricky Ruby has been kind of on a, on a roll lately, which is which is nice to see. Um, but who would I put in uh, to start? So um, Dunn, Dunn's still out, right? Um Dunn is was active and available to play tonight, but I don't believe really? he made it in the game. That is that is rough. That is a rough sign for Chris Dunn. Thank God the Bulls did not trade Jimmy Butler for Chris Dunn. Um, I would probably want to see a little bit more guard-wise. I guess I would want to see some more Tyus Jones. And this is the move, right? I mean, when Dunn's healthy, if he's healthy now, I don't know, maybe he's still hurt a little bit and they just did, they made him active. Just, I don't know, ploy to mess with the other team. You know how Tom Thibodeau can be. Yeah. Interesting. Uh, let's, let's not ignore, let's, let's not ignore the fact that uh, I'm fairly sure Zach Levine has been playing like record minutes for his, for his career right now. Oh, let's, let's not ignore that he's averaging 37 minutes a game this season. Let's just not let's just not ignore that. Well, that's that's a Tibbs move, right? I mean, that that's that Tibbs does what Tibbs does. 
Um, but the the play is obviously not to play Brandon Rush, the man he's been playing 30 minutes a game, right? It's to let those two point guards kind of play off each other. Yeah, see what they got. See if that's actually the direction you want to go. Maybe, uh, especially with the injury, is Zach now expendable? Is that someone you can move? Because you can't you can't go on with a Rubio Levine um, backcourt. You just can't. So, third question. Chris Dunn or Tyus Jones? I'm still going Tyus Jones. Uh, I don't think Chris Dunn is good. I mean, if he was good, he would have done something by now. Well, and I think in, in, in spurts, you see that Tyus Jones is, is, a, is a pretty good passer. And the, the thing that worries me about playing him with Rubio is I think he is a Rubio-type player. Like, I, I don't know that he can shoot that well. I think he's got a decent three-point shot, which Rubio doesn't have. But I think he's more of a pass first. Um, so I could see him kind of playing Dunn more with Rubio just because I think Dunn maybe can be a little bit more of a scorer. Um, but I, I think you got to play the kids here. Yeah, when, when, it comes to, when it comes to fantasy value, I think I want Tyus Jones over Dunn simply because of his playmaking ability. Um, his ability to um, get steals. He doesn't really have a giant sample size to look at. Um, but you you have seen uh, in games where he does play decent minutes, he is good for a, uh, a solid, uh, better-than-average chunk of assists, uh, even in limited minutes. But he often doesn't get to the court because Tibbs hates playing young players. He likes them to develop, which is actually really not that – terrible thing that's what he did to jimmy butler and jimmy butler is one of you know top 15 player in the league so when it comes to fantasy stats i like tyus's um tyus jones's ability to get counting stats so i like his assists i like his threes i like his steals i don't know where dunn seems like more of a like kind of a he a one-trick player and tyus jones is two years younger than chris dunn i don't think most people know that but, I did not know that. But he is literally like two years and two months younger than Chris Dunn. So if anyone is going to have a higher ceiling with more time to develop, it's Tyus Jones. Are you, If you're in a standard league, are you picking up Tyus Jones right now? No, because I don't think Tibbs is going to give him the minutes. But if let's, Tibbs did. Let's say he's uh, in the next week, he averages 29 minutes a game. Yeah, I'm picking him up just for the assists alone. Why not? Was if uh, Chris Dunn gets 28 minutes a game instead? I don't think I'm, I'm picking him up. I no. I mean, you think he's going to kill your percentages? He's his free throw percentage is 58 percent this year. That is embarrassing. Um, just I don't know that he's good. Unfortunately, I, I mean. I think I think we know that he's not good. Like uh, he's played all. I mean, he's they throw him into games every game for you know limited minutes, and uh, in those limited minutes, he's really only had maybe two, three really kind of good games. Uh, the game he started against Denver a couple weeks ago, he did have ten points. Eight rebounds, nine assists, and three steals. So, perhaps if Dunn puts it together, he is 
uh, a little bit more fancy friendly than Tyus Jones. I just think moving forward, Tyus Jones is the better fantasy player. He's going to get more playing time and he's going to get you solid assists every single night because Chris Dunn could play, you know, extended minutes and just, and just crap the bet. I will say Chris Dunn does look like an exciting steals player. Um, he started six games this year. In those six games, he's played 25.8 minutes, and he's averaging 2.2 steals a game. Yep. Um, he's he's averaging almost a steal a game in, in 17 minutes. So um, he could be exciting for steals if, you, if you're in desperate need and he's getting minutes. But other than that, I don't really think I love him. Yeah, this is a wait-and-see situation just to where Thibodeau goes with that. And who knows? He's playing Brandon Rush right now the most. Um, though Tyus Jones is, is probably second most right now. Uh, not very far behind. So we'll just see where the where that develops. But uh, are you interested in anyone else on this team? Uh, a little Shabazz Muhammad action? Bielitsa maybe? Um, no and no. Yeah, maybe there. <laughs> just um, you never know. Hey, if Tibbs gives you 52 minutes a game, you, you ought to be able to do something, right? Uh yeah, if you're gonna yeah if you're gonna play all the entire game, which I bet you you know, yeah, but it's just you. I worry about Carl Anthony Towns a little bit playing these thirty-seven minutes a game. We don't. I don't want to see another superstar's career ruined by getting injured at a young age. I'm with you there. Uh, let's uh, let's move on to a, a, a guy who's going to be coming back from injury here. Um. Let's see when when is this guy coming back from injury? On uh, Wednesday, Josh Richardson. So so what? not. Um, oh, Friday. Friday, yes, yes. Um, Josh Richardson. Let's see what this cat is up to. He's kind of one of those. He he's kind of one of those guys who are, is in the right in the middle of the rotation in Miami, uh, where we don't. Love anybody? We don't like anybody. Like they're all hovering around the drop zone. Sometimes they end up being, you know, a top eighty player, and then they kind of fall off a little bit. Um, lately, the the latest trend in Miami is the is the Dion Waiters Island is is suddenly playing really well again. What's going on in Miami? What, what do we make of this? What do we make of Josh uh, Richardson's return to this lineup? Um. Well. The thing about Josh Richardson is they don't seem to ever be afraid to play him gigantic minutes when he's healthy, um, which could be good and could be bad, I guess. Um, he's averaging 31 minutes, in, which at just 23 years old is, is relatively impressive. Um, but the stats don't pop off the page, and part of it is he's shooting terrible field goal percentage. Um but if he get up that to last year's like forty five percent, and even if he could get it up to like forty two or forty three, you know, you're talking about a guy who can score, you know, thirteen or fourteen points a game, give you three assists, give you three rebounds, give you a steal, half a block, like maybe even two three pointers. Like he gets to be kind of an exciting player. Yeah, he's he's kind of interesting, and kind it's kind of not. <laughs> it's kind of what you're saying. Like he 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 doesn't terribly. He's playing enough minutes to be um a have the chance to be a good um fantasy player and sometimes he kind of knocks it knocks it out of the park but um often he's hovering around 
that uh that drop zone kind of the end of the bench or first off the waiver wire type of player uh, even in starters minutes um so even come if he's coming off the bench or if he's starting he's still playing around 31 32 minutes a game with um Winslow basically for the rest of the season he's going to get plenty of opportunity to do stuff i just don't think anything stands out when you look at his game when you're seeing him playing 31 minutes a game only getting a steal, uh, sh- only shooting around 40%, only less than two threes, which is really nowadays below, you know, below average or below something that would be uh, exciting anyway. Um, I'm just not seeing anything here that's making me want to pick him up even speculatively in a, um, in a standard league. I think, though, that you touched on something good in the fact that he's probably going to kill Dion Waiter's value i mean waiters had a hot run here of, of scoring some good points and doing some i mean he's gotten two steals in each of the last three games and he's gotten two blocks in two of those three games um i just i think the minutes are going to go go down to like 27 28 at, at the most and then i think the value will pretty much just be gone for him yeah um he's really a streaming player at best uh, if you're in a standard league uh josh richardson and then Dion's definitely going to get hurt by it the Dion high train is out of control these days. Um, he has been playing great, but I, I think it's about to come crashing to an end if somehow you picked up, for some reason, picked up Dion Waiters because you were riding that hot hand, which is a good move. I'd move him uh, pretty quickly before J- Josh Richardson gets back. I totally agree with all that. Did you know the Heat are on a, a big win streak? Yeah, what, 10 games in a row now? They sneak in an 11th one that I missed? 12 holy lord Uh, maybe 11 um i can't count that's uh, pretty incredible if they're not careful they're gonna make the playoffs well and especially when you look at their roster i mean just doesn't jump off the page at you as any but anything too exciting what i mean let's i'll give them credit in this run they beat houston Milwaukee, which I still I respect Milwaukee a lot, even though they're not that great. Uh, the Warriors, but they, oh, they also got some good wins. But they also played Brooklyn twice, Philly, uh, Minnesota, Atlanta, Dallas, and the Chicago Bulls. So I'm not that impressed with this streak. <laughs> uh, it's anytime they can get it, though. It's impressive. Anytime you can win that many in a row, it's, it's still impressive. Fair enough. Let's speak of Milwaukee. We have another guy uh, coming back from injury. We we talk about this guy a lot, and uh, there's a reason. There's a reason for that. We talk about this guy a lot. Uh, Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton is back. He has played. Uh, wait, no, he's not back. He has not played. Uh, I am getting my people mixed up. He's about to come back. He had an incredible season last year. He should be owned, I think, in all leagues, considering he is coming back within the the, uh, the next week or two. I think pretty he's soon. He's supposed right? to play on Wednesday. Yeah, I thought on he was Wednesday to play he's in the next pre- game. Yep. So you got a day, and he is back. Are you so excited about Chris Middleton that you're willing to trade an asset right now just to be able to to have him on your team? Let's play the trade game with Chris Middleton. An asset. Okay, well, let's hear what asset you got, and I'll, I'll think go. about it. Let us, let us go to the trade game screen. 
which is something I completely made up, and it's just a rankings. Nothing. <laughs> it's nothing. It's um, not an actual trade game screen. Let's take a I look. I will say this about Chris Middleton before, before you uh, start your trade game. This has been a, a kind of incredible recovery for him, right? I mean, they, they said at the beginning of the season he was supposed to miss six to eight months. Yeah. Um, it's only been like four, and it's, he's back. It's so. incredibly, incredibly impressive. It could be, my guess, he's going to play limited minutes. Oh, I'm totally he, with you there, at least for a little back. while. I think he'll be playing starters minutes by the beginning of March, though. I'm with you there. So he's going to work his way back into it. Last season, on average, he was 29th. The season before that, he was 48th. So let's go to the player Raider. Let's take a look at what we got here. I'm going to say a comparable guy, similar sort of in what he does. Would you trade Clay Thompson for Chris Middleton? for the opportunity to own Chris Milton for the rest of the season. Um, I'm going to want Clay Thompson there, I think. Clay Thompson, definitely you know what you're getting with him. You know that you're going to um, continue to get what you're getting out of, out of um, Clay Thompson. But you could be sitting on a guy who hits, um, you know, Pretty great threes and gets a high amount of steals with Chris Middleton. Um, also gets the uh, occasional block, about four, let's say four assists a game, three or four rebounds a game. Um, do you do you think there's going to be some uh, even when he starts playing starters minutes? There's going to be some adjusting to playing with a team he really has that has complete basically adapted almost fully into a, a different type of team than they were playing when Chris Middleton was healthy. Um, that's an interesting thing to kind of chew the fat on. Um, I think when Middleton gets healthy, he's just a really, really good and really, really underrated player. And I think that he's going to get his, his slice of the pie, so to speak. Um, this guy is just really incredible without being super flashy. He's a he's an across the board type player. He's not going to blow you away. So he does. He's also under two uh, three pointers a game, just like uh, Josh Richardson. But everything else he does, he doesn't hurt you anywhere. He's shooting a, a solid percent when he was playing. He was shooting a solid percentage when he 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 shoots a great free throw percentage. He gets to the line. He doesn't turn the ball over. He gets very good steals. It will be it'll be interesting to see how well he does. Do you think let's let's go based on his ratings from last year, 30th or 29th on averages, 48th the the year before that. On averages this year, so whenever he's on Wednesday for the rest of the year, where do you think he ends up per game on averages in, in that ranking? Somewhere in between, somewhere outside of that? Well, I'm going to read you a stat line okay. Um, that I will admit I am stealing from our friends at Basketball Monster. And then I'm going to tell you where it ranks. All I want you to answer me is, does this sound crazy? Okay? 
he's going to play 24 more games, which I would have guessed is about what's left, right? Yeah, that sounds about right. Maybe eh, there should be a little bit more than that. Maybe he's going to he's going to average 26 minutes a game. Hmm. Seems a little low. Which he's going to ramp up, so maybe maybe that's about right. Maybe okay. Overall, yeah, maybe for the rest of the season. Okay, thirteen and a half points a game. Seems a little low. One point two three pointers a game. Seems a little low. Two point eight rebounds a game. Seems a little low. Three point three assists per game. Okay. One point five steals. Okay. Zero point two blocks. That sounds right. Shooting forty nine or forty five and a half percent, forty five point nine percent from the field, Not and ninety percent, ninety percent from the line. That's really just an okay stat line. Okay, yeah, not a so, great stat line. So they they claim that that ranks him sixty ninth hmm. for the rest of the season. I think he can easily do that. I think he could definitely do that um, unless he's just like forgotten how to play basketball or can't get back into the swing of things or they end up playing him on the second team and only playing like 15 minutes until, you know, mid March, April where they're like, they're not playing him at all. They're just like getting him ready to be in peak form for the playoffs, which might not be a terrible idea. Um, if that's the case, then yeah, he's going to average closer to that, 69th, 70th ranked player in the league. And, um, and this is a guy you could probably have in most leagues. I mean, like you just pick him up, right? I mean, like, yeah. The, how is that any better? Let's uh, let's go with Josh Richardson. How is that? It's not terribly better than the, the lines we re, we saw for Josh Richardson. Um, well, Josh Richardson is not shooting the field goal percentage. He's not shooting the free throw percentage, and he's not getting the steals. Yeah. Um, but that's that's what I mean when I say that some of these guys who don't do anything flashy in any one category, but just do something, a little bit of something in every category can be worth it. Like, in my opinion, Josh Richardson is worth being streamed in in, in a 10-team league and maybe even being your worst player on your roster in a 12-team league. And let's say he his percentage went up to 44% shooting. Would you If Josh Richardson was shooting 44% instead of below 40 I think that would probably bump him into standard league relevancy. Oh yeah, I mean that would put him I think close to a top 100 player. Yeah, he'd still be scoring, he would score a little bit more, he'd probably get a little bit uh, a few counting stats here and there. Um that would definitely help. So I think that makes him uh ownable in standard leagues, but it's it's really if you're looking at And he shot Metzler, that last though, year. Yeah. Um I'm going to throw another name at you for a trade right. for Chris Middleton. Let's do so this. You, you kind of kind of knocked Chris Middleton off his pedestal, which was um, a little rough for me because I, th- I think he's going to be pretty good when he comes back. Would you trade Robert Covington for Chris Middleton? Um, I, I would want Middleton. Um, Covington, though, if – you built the team right can be more valuable maybe than Middleton. Yeah, I think, you know, and you look at how uh, Bob Covington's playing lately, he's uh, finally shooting above 40%. 
He's getting to the line, and down over two threes a game. He's and he's a steel, you know, an elite steel guy. Oh yeah, he he's going to get even more steals than Middleton probably. Oh, I think so. So if you if you look at it, I think actually, I would say Chris Middleton's ceiling is probably very similar to Robert Covington's current ceiling. Maybe a little less steals, but I think I think easily Chris Middleton Middleton can hit over two threes a game. Um, I think Chris Middleton is a great, is a great three point shooter for his career. He's forty percent. Yeah, exactly. And uh, last time I checked, Giannis is way better than he was last year, demanding way more attention, uh, able to find people in, in the open court, able to find people when he's driving the lane. I think that makes Chris Middleton a lot more open. So I, I, I think those threes go up. If you're if you're on the negative side, the uh, the stat line you listed for Chris Middleton. You're saying, well, he's not. He's going to struggle. He's going to be hard to get back uh, into playing shape, uh, get back into the uh, the speed of the NBA. And I think the stat line you read is is pretty close. But I would say if he's if he comes in and starts playing well, and he's turning out good games, and he he's right back in the swing of things, uh, I think he's more like uh, uh, Robert Covington's current play, like what, what Robert Covington has been doing for the last month or so. Well, and I'm with you in the sense that I think that stat line was, if anything, a little bit of an undersell. Yeah, definitely. I that's mean, that's a definite. Um, ooh, we're working him back in. He's had a little setback, or we're we're not really. He's he his shooting isn't coming along, or he's not he's not in the flow just yet. So my point being, if that is the the like a top seventy player, this guy could could really make a difference. And like if I'm in a head-to-head league where the playoffs are coming up in like three or four weeks, I think that's when Middleton, right about the time Middleton's going to be turning it on. So I'm hoping, if I don't own Middleton today, I'm hoping he has a couple bad games here when he's first coming back. Doesn't look that great. I can trade for him for literally probably my worst player on my roster, maybe my second to worst. And I might have a, a, a steal here going into the playoffs. Yeah, that would be ideal. The ideal situation for anybody who does not own Chris Middleton, make it a move on him if he struggles when he comes back. Um, Two, uh, not worth making a move on him now unless you could probably trade someone like Josh Richardson for him right now. I would do that. I would trade a drop zone guy for Chris Middleton straight up today. Oh, no doubt about that. Yeah. But I'm not giving away a top even 70 player probably. Yeah, you're not going to give – uh, mellow away. Yeah, no, I, I'm holding tight because Batum, maybe Middleton does not have even a Covington. Back. Yeah, not even Covington. I'll give away until I see, um, you know, a little bit of something from Chris Middleton. A little bit of juice. Yeah, so I just want to see him. I just want to see him stay healthy. This hamstrings can be really tricky to re to staying healthy and not re-injuring. So. I'd like to take a moment now to talk about our sponsor, NoHalftime.com. If you haven't heard about NoHalftime.com, it's a pretty cool mobile app for fantasy sports. Basically, NoHalftime allows you to create a player versus player challenge in most of the major sports, so NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, and the PGA. 
you can basically do anything. You could take uh, Raymond Felton versus Garrett Temple, and whoever ends up having the best night wins. It's a it's a pretty simple concept, but there's basically endless possibilities, endless uh, combinations you could actually come up. It's uh, different than other traditional fantasy services because your lineup really just consists of one player, not a whole team where you're going against a ton of people. You're, you got one player versus one person. If you like uh, betting on fantasy sports, especially the NBA, go ahead and go to nohalftime.com right now and use the promo code BOXES, that is B-O-X-E-S, to get started today. So let's see, what what other uh, news is going on in, in the league right now? Any other you want to talk 30 seconds about the terrible trade? Uh, 30 seconds is a stretch, so let's try. Let's try to do it. All right. You, you want to you outline it or do you want me to outline it? All right. It? So in one of the – I would say one of the most blockbuster <laughs> early February trades in the history of the league, um, Miles Plumley, the great Miles Plumley, um, is leaving Milwaukee. Sadly, the Miles Plumley era is over. Um, he is on Charlotte now. He was traded for not one but two big men, Roy the Hibdib, Roy Hibbard, and Spencer Hawes. Um, what a duo, those two. I would watch a TV show with those two like living together. That'd be great. Roy Hibbard, Spencer Hawes, like being too tall and like going to the movies and people being like, Can you can you move? You're too tall. And they're like, Oh, sorry. And they had like they live together and they bump their head on shit. I would watch that at least a couple times a week. It'd be, it should be on NBA TV. I'm going to pitch this to NBA TV and see if they do it. It, it, was, it was the ultimate Jason Kidd trade, wasn't it? Just throw in two more seven-footers on my team. I need them. Yeah, let's get some length on this team. We don't have enough. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I don't, re- I don't really think anything's worth it in fantasy. I think Roy Hibbert just can't move, um, and that's, that's not to be mean. I, just, I don't think he can move anymore. He just he looks yeah. washed up. I think his knees are made of dust, of moon um, rocks. And Spencer Hawes, I mean, does he even get any minutes on the Bucks? Um, I mean, I don't, I don't think so. I don't think either one of these guys get uh, too many minutes. Well, Hibbard maybe. Um, let's see, maybe Hibbard gets a few 12, 15 minute games. I mean, used properly. It could be interesting to see Milwaukee with Hibbard. But extended minutes for Roy Hibbard uh, with those knees, I just don't think it's in the cards. And if you look at the other side, I think they bought Miles Plumlee to be the backup center to Cody Zeller when Cody Zeller gets healthy. And Cody Zeller's a guy I really like kind of going down the stretch here. I think that he's shown some things that he could be a decent booth fantasy asset and real-life player. But... I mean, this trade just doesn't get my juices flowing. Yeah, I don't think uh, Plumlee hurts Cody Zeller. I want to give one quick shout-out to Roy Hibbard's first game of the season, though. 31 minutes, 15 points, 9 rebounds, 5 blocks. You got my hopes up, Roy. I was like, oh, man, everybody watch out for Roy Hibbard. I think this could be something. Uh, Immediately shatters all of his knees and um, just hasn't played. I saw enough Lakers games last year to know Roy Hibbert was not coming back. I should have known better. But, um, yeah, let's talk about Cody Zeller. You are are definitely on the Cody Zeller 
hype train. Uh, yeah, I might be the conductor of that. I'm not sure. Yeah. You're the only person I'm, on I'm, the... No, I don't think you're the only person on the train. I think there's some... There's some people kind of looking around, seeing what he what he offers. He's not an exciting player, though. So how do you, how do you sell Cody Zeller to the to the people? Um, I I sell him like this. In, in 27 minutes a game, he's going to shoot you good percentages. Now he's not going to make any threes, but I mean you can't have everything. In 27 without threes these days, it's a hard it's a hard sell. But he's got the potential if he can get up to 30 minutes to be. Like a one steal, one and a half block guy, and that right there is the really interesting part to me. Um, once you become good... a, a steal block guy, like once you become a one one steal block guy, you have to consider that person in standard leagues. You got to look at the rest of the resume, obviously. But once you're a one steal and one block guy, you can be considered in almost any standard league. Um, and I don't disagree with your assessment there. And I mean, like, okay, he's going to get you a not sexy, like 12 points. If he can get the 30 minutes, he's going to get you only like seven and a half or eight rebounds, which you kind of want a little bit more, but I think the percentages being good and the, the no turnovers just kind of makes this guy a really interesting player. Um, even in standard leagues, I'd, I'd pick him up. There you go. The, uh, the hype, the Cody Ziller hype train is off. Um, he is, he's coming back pretty soon. It looks like. Oh, I, I trashed him last week about the the bruise, and then um, I, I found an article. Actually, they they wrote it the next day. Maybe they heard the podcast. I'm not sure. Um, apparently, his leg was black and blue from his hip to his his knee, like wow. just the whole. You were, his, and you were killing this guy. His whole entire quad. So I understand why he missed the games, but it's already been like a week, right? A little bit more, maybe even. I don't know. Um, I am looking right now. He last played on the. 23rd of january so like two weeks um so i would think he'd be rounding into uh plant coming back well i i mean i slightly twisted my ankle snowboarding like three weeks ago and i'm still you know occasionally limping around so (laughs) so you should call up cody zeller and and have a kumbaya party we yeah we should ice our legs together (laughs) it's not the worst idea Oh, uh, I don't even know what to say to that. I, I was going to take it in a strange direction, but I'm just going to pass on that. Me, just me and Cody Zeller and ice bath. That's all. That's all you need to know. Just think about that. Uh, all right, you want to talk? You want to talk about some more hype train players? This is your hype train now. All right. I'm excited. There's a lot of hype train these days, and um, this the second half of the season almost kind of feels like the beginning of the season where you're kind of like looking for these these diamonds in the rough. And so everybody starts getting excited again because mostly because they need something to save their season. Uh, so let's go ahead and look. I think the, 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 the loudest. Where's he at? On the Lakers. Drum roll. His name is something. Ivaka Zubak. I'm looking for how to pronounce it right now. That's how you say it. That's how you say it? It's Ivaka Zubak. Maybe Zubac. I'm not sure, but I think it's Zubac. The only, like, the 80% of the feedback I get for this show is, like, you pronounce names like an idiot. It's like, oh, yeah, I know. From central Illinois. What did you expect? I can't pronounce Ivaka Zubac. Here's what we'll start doing. We'll just say number 40 for the Lakers, and then you got to look it up. Number 40. It's like uh, when the when the video games couldn't license the dude's name. We couldn't license Ivaka Zubak's name because we, we didn't know he was a real player. Uh, Ivaka Zubak has been uh, suddenly playing 
quite a bit for the LA Lakers. He, in a couple back-to-back games, had some double-doubles. He was hitting the 27, 26-27 uh, minute mark. He was getting um, the occasional uh, multi-block game. And uh, this probably leads into a question about the Lakers. Let's start with Ivaka Zubak. That's a good. That's a fun name to say now that I can say it. Um, is Ivaka Zubak a standard league player for the rest of the season? No. Um, the minutes just aren't going to be there. Um, in even in like some of his twenty minute games, he has a tendency to get a few too many fouls, um, and. I just think the Lakers want to see what they have in Tarek Black. Um, they're they're going to play Larry Nance Jr. over him um, as a big man. They're going to play Julius Randle as a five sometimes. And so I think that the way Luke Walton has been running the rotations, a lot of times he only likes to give guys like at most 28 minutes. And I think you're going to see Zubat get like 26 or 28 minutes, then have a game where he gets like 15 or 20, then gets 25, then he gets 20 again. And so I don't think he's going to be worth it in a standard league. Well, I think, I think you're right about one thing and that is the minutes in Lakerland. No one in the last couple of weeks has been playing more than 30 minutes a game. And to expect someone like the, the Ivaka Zubak to come and play, you know, 30 plus minutes a game, which is where I think uh, his, standard league relevant starts i think he's got to be over 30 just like most just like most players if you're not over 30 minutes a game um you're usually not relevant well you just have to be such a per minute stud right to not get 30 minutes and get standard league relevance yeah so it kind of goes in hand in hand you're good enough to get good numbers and so you're good enough to play 30 minutes and and then you get more numbers because you get more minutes um mozgov is done though Mozgov is is not going to be playing extended minutes. Not going to be even attempting to play extended minutes. And the Lakers are about to switch into uh, young guy mode. And so, why doesn't Ivanka Zubak fall into? Let's see what we got with some of our young talent. The kid, he's nineteen years old. Um, one reason and one reason only. I think they look at the rotation like. Tarek Black, Larry Nance, Julius Randle are all three kind of ahead of him in the pecking order. And so they're going to play some of those guys. Like they're going to play lineups where Ingram plays the four and either Randle or Larry Nance plays the five. Uh, Tarek Black is pretty much a a five only in in their rotations. And so you're cutting the pie now between four guys. And they're all only going to play that so many minutes. And so – him to get more than like 25 minutes just because they're cutting that pie up yeah i don't think i can disagree i think they're going to give a lot of different looks too because why not you're you're the lakers you're not trying to do anything this year why not try anything and everything down the stretch to see what your favorite rotations are see who's playing best with each other um i think they're going to give brandon ingram a lot of a lot of tick because he is uh, kind of their young stud um, I think, I think there's two guys who play more than 30 minutes in going forward for the Lakers, and I think there's only two. Only two, and I I would guess Ingram and D'Angelo Russell. That's it. You don't think uh, Jordan Clarkson might be in the in the 30 plus uh, club? Well, I wrote an article for hashtag Basketball about the trade rumors 
for the Lakers. Um, it's not not that long ago, just last week, uh, like uh, at the end of last week. And I made an assumption that they should trade Lou Williams and Nick Young in the article, but I don't think they're going to because their front office has repeatedly said that they knew this was a rebuilding year and that they're not really looking to make moves um, at this time. So it's going to be really hard for Clarkson to get those big minutes with those two both playing in his way, kind of. They don't really want him to be a point guard. They want him to kind of be a shooting guard, and those two are both going to take some shooting guard minutes, so it's going to be really difficult for him to get big minutes. I will say, though, that I think his role on the next good Lakers team is Lou Williams' role now. So why not get rid of Lou Williams and just let Clarkson feed in that role? Yeah, I'd, ha- I'd have to agree that Lou Williams is the probably the best asset that the Lakers would want to move on this team. Lou Williams could, you know, be uh, someone who changes a, a team's dynamic, maybe a team that's been struggling with outside shooting uh, um, in, in the in the East, uh, a team that needs more three-point shooting to spread the floor out for their superstar. Well, and, and Cleveland is a team who's been, you know, crying that LeBron has been crying they need a playmaker, they need a playmaker. That is not the team I am talking about. Um, <laughs> well, here's, here's, what I'm, here's what I'll say, though. The contract for Lou Williams makes it really easy for him to move because he doesn't really make that much money. So the contract plus what Lou Williams is going to bring, I think that there are quite actually a few teams in the East that would be willing to kind of overpay, so to speak, if they think that's the piece that's going to win them the NBA title. Yeah, and if I'm the, and if I'm the Lakers, I why not get an asset? Why not get a pick or both um, to help? you know, round out the, the, the rebuild. Um, that's a, I think that's a pretty good move. Uh, everybody go check out that article on hashtag basketball.com. Uh, what do you think if you're, if you were wagering a guess, so Lou Williams right now, I would consider a standard league player. If Lou Williams got traded though, uh, into a, into a role where he's still a different team, but still only going to play about 24 minutes a game. Uh, would you still think he's a standard league value player? Um, I think in our recent experience, Lou Williams is Lou Williams. Um, Lou Williams is going to get get his. He's going to get his shots. Um, he's going to sink some threes. He's going to shoot really good free throw percentage. He's going to get you two and a half to three and a half assists. He's going to get you two rebounds. He's probably going to get you pretty close to a steal. Um, and he's going to score at least 15 points. So, I think Lou Williams will be Lou Williams, even if he goes to another team. Lou Williams is like a poor man's Isaiah Thomas from two years ago. He's like a guy who's only getting mid-20s minutes, but is standardly relevant and can score a lot. Isaiah Thomas obviously became one of the best fantasy players and one of the best players in the the NBA. Lou Williams is definitely not going to suddenly turn into Isaiah Thomas. Let's say he goes to Philly. It would be fun to see Lou Williams playing 35 minutes in Philly, but... um, yeah, he's not Isaiah Thomas. Um, shout out to Isaiah Thomas, though, for the, the great run he's put on here in the oh. last few weeks. I cannot believe what Isaiah Thomas is doing. He's just, like, really awesome to watch where he does those, like, little shimmy shakes and just gets to the rim at, like, five foot, probably, like, six inches tall in, in actual height. Um, I, I love watching Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, he's perfected that. He's perfected those little uh... – scoops and little pushes in, in, into the into the basket 
And uh, it's it's a little sad that in a uh, a league that's probably having some of the craziest car- career years for many of their players, Isaiah Thomas's career year is kind of a, a little under the radar in the general public when you look at Westbrook's triple-double and James Harden's uh, jumping on people's backs and getting fouls called somehow. And uh, obviously, you know, Curry and, uh, and Durant. So when you look at those seasons that those people are having, who would have thought, though, a guy on the Celtics could have an underrated kind of breakout top player season? That's who I think a lot of people think the Celtics still aren't good, and they, they are. They are good. Oh, they're, they're really good. I mean, and they got a lot so much young talent there. That they're, they're a fun team. Yeah, probably, maybe. I'm going to have to write a uh, – article about trading jimmy butler because i think you have to write an article about trading jimmy butler because i think it's about time to talk about that and um the celtics are definitely probably the top choice for the bulls right now uh, especially what you've been hearing um they're gonna want a lot back and the celtics are gonna have to pony up i just don't know why the celtics wouldn't wait till the offseason And if there's one thing the Celtics don't need, isn't it Jimmy Butler? I mean, Jimmy Butler is an amazing player, but like I feel like they they have some good kind of depth on that kind of like two three wing that isn't killing them. I don't know. I think you you could replace um, Avery Bradley with Jimmy Butler and become a lot better. Oh no doubt. But I mean, to pay the price you're going to have to pay. Are you becoming a lot better in the sense that you're gonna have to give up a lot of assets that could be really be something in the future? Yeah, it kind of, it kind of goes back to um, well, I'd ha- I'd have Jimmy Butler replace Jay Crowder as well, but um, it kind of goes back to all right, we have a ton of assets. Should we get rid of these assets to bring somebody in? Um, especially since Isaiah Thomas. Uh, depending on who they move. So Isaiah Thomas, Avery Bradley, Jay Crowder, they can all shoot threes. That opens up the floor for Jimmy Butler, who's already scoring at an insane uh, true shooting rate for a team that has no three-point shooting. So that would help immensely. But is it worth giving up someone like Jalen Brown and the potential uh, picks, this year's pick especially? Um, Is it worth it? Or why not just ride out those picks, ride out those assets, see which ones are the best, and then – uh, build an even younger, more talented team out of those. So it's a it's a real it's a real toss up, but they do have a chance to uh, I think contend with a, with a Jimmy with a Jimmy Butler player. That's the only reason I think if you're the Celtics, you make a trade for Jimmy Butler is if you think it wins you the championship. Yeah, and I, I don't, Al Horford isn't getting any younger, and Isaiah Thomas is 28, so um, that does fit uh, Jimmy Butler's kind of prime as well. So they would all be in their primes at the same time. Um, Shout out to Isaiah Thomas. This is his birthday. Oh, happy birthday, Isaiah Thomas. A special happy birthday from watching the boxes (laughs) to our favorite underrated player, Isaiah Thomas, the pizza man. (laughs) I love it. I love that commercial every time. Every time. So, Let's see what what else is going on. We gotta, there's more hype train to be had. Chugga 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 hype train. It's, it's coming. It's coming down the track. Who who did I have on this hype train? 
All right, let's see. Uh, Yogi the Bear, let's talk about him. Yogi Bear. The Yogi Bear. That guy. By the way, Yogi Fro, um, out of nowhere. Great name. <laughs> He's only played five games, but has played over 35 minutes in those in those in those five games for Dallas. Um, after after moving from Brooklyn, which uh, no one even noticed happened, I think. But here's what he's averaging: thirty-seven minutes. So that's how I don't know how he keeps that up. That's I'll start off there. But in thirty-seven minutes in the last five games, seventeen points, three three-pointers, three rebounds, five assists, one point eight steals. Almost half a block a game, shooting 43%, 93% from free throw. Only turned the ball over one and a half times. In the last two weeks, he has ranked the 23rd player on averages in the league. Should you own, hype train, should you own the Yogi Pharrell? I'm going to ask you the tough questions here, Mike. I'm going to ask you uh, the yeah. toughest of the tough See, questions. I was, I was going to hope I could pawn this off on you, but now you're upon you're switching it up on me. Oh no, no, I think you're gonna you're gonna understand my answer once you hear my question. Okay. All right. If a man could not stick on the Brooklyn Nets with their, I'm gonna say horrendous because I think it is point guard situation. How can he be good? Are we sure? There is anyone running the Brooklyn Nets right now? Um, no one's been running well, it for the last three years. I hey, I'm running it. Don't tell anyone. I'm just really bad at it. You're just you're tweeting. <laughs> you're, you're like tweeting out uh, front front office moves. Well, this was a bad front office move, Tyler. This was a horrible one. Um, I don't know why you don't take a chance on this. I don't know why you don't take a chance on Yogi Ferrell, especially if you got nothing to lose. Um, and you got a guy at the end of your bench that you can easily get rid of. Um, uh, it, it is. It's a hot hand play. I mean, it's but, a hot hand play, which is not wrong. But it's five games, which I think is enough sample size. Five games of not, not kind of disappearing. Five games of stats where you go, there's some pretty good stats there, and there's a couple great stats there, um, especially the nine three pointers, which is pretty crazy. Um, obviously he's not going to average nine three pointers. I don't even know if he's even going to average two, but if Dallas is willing to play him over thirty three minutes a game, why why not? They're looking to move Darren Williams. Um, they're looking to lose games, really. So why not play a guy from Brooklyn who couldn't play on their on the Nets? Um, yeah, and, and I think the the concern if you do pick this guy up is. You got probably a little over two weeks before J.J. Barea comes back. He's not scheduled to come back till the 24th uh, as of this taping. And, you know, Darren Williams was listed as doubtful tonight. So usually if you're listed as doubtful, you usually miss another game or two at least. So you got at least two or three games here where he's going to get the huge minutes still. And like you're saying, if Darren Williams gets healthy, has a couple good games and they move him and J.J. Barea is still out, I mean, they got to give the minutes to someone. Yeah, once this team's healthy, um, then really I don't even know what's going to go on with Seth Curry, with with Yogi. 
uh, with Darren's minutes or JJ's minutes, that's going to be kind of a, a mess. So you do think they would probably try to move Darren Williams. Why not even, I don't know, why not move JJ Brea other than, you know, he's like a Dallas favorite. Well, that, and he can't stay healthy long enough. Plus he's not supposed to come back till after the trade deadline. So uh, uh, do, do people trade for injured people? I mean, sometimes, but not often. Not often. Um, yeah. JJ really could hurt, I think, both Yogi and Seth's minutes. But I don't know if you're if you're Dallas, what are you trying to prove right now? Like, well, I think I think that the worrisome thing about Yogi is that in in thirty seven and a half minutes, he's gotten you three rebounds and five assists. Yeah, his usage could not get any higher. And so, I mean, you're talking about right now just basically being threes. And, and points and steals um, are the, the categories you're really getting value from him. Um, and obviously he's shooting a real good free throw percentage too. But when those minutes drop, those numbers drop. And so I just don't really see this any way this keeps up, especially considering he's shooting 52% from three-point land, which, I mean, I don't think he's the greatest three-point shooter ever. Yeah, not sustainable. But – a hot hand right now. I'm. I would take a flyer on him in any standard league. I would play him until he can't play anymore or doesn't play anymore. So um, just to see what happens. Why not? Here, He's got a great the, name. Here's the question. He has a bad game tomorrow. Like a dead. Like a dud game. Plays twenty. Plays thirty one minutes and it's like two points. Well, okay. I, yeah, I'm gonna say he even still gets minutes. I'm gonna say he gets thirty five minutes. Okay. He's like two for fifteen from the field. Um, he doesn't make any three pointers. He does shoot his free throws good. He makes a couple. He gets you a rebound, two assists, and turns the ball over four times. Are you keeping him? I give him one more game to bounce back, and then I drop him. And that's that's the way I'm looking at it too. Like he's got he's got one dud game for me, and then after that, the second dud one comes, he's hitting the bricks. Yeah, and that's I think that's how you approach hot hands, especially hot hands that come out of nowhere with a silly name like Yogi. Um, don't he's got a very short leash before he should return to the waiver wire. But I don't know. I can't argue with how he's playing right now, and I think he should any standard league he should be taking a a flyer on at the very at the very least. I'm I'm with you totally, one hundred percent. Yeah, worst worst case scenario, or I guess best case scenario, would be that Dallas just stops caring at all and they just start playing him all the time, and he ends up being kind of a an okay player. It's anything is possible, right? Anything is possible. It's my best KG impression. If you so, notice, here's a little um, little inside tip. Speaking of tip, that's a great pun when you hear what I said. Uh, when when KG wins his uh, championship with Boston and he screams anything is possible, um, I'm fairly sure he goes and kisses the Celtic right on the deck. <laughs> Go look it up. Go look it up on YouTube. He kissed the Celtic right on the deck. Uh, <laughs> and he shows everyone his nipple, I think. that's It's a very strange interview. <laughs> I remember it vividly. I don't even know what to say to that. There you go. 
All right, so I want I want to talk about at, at least one more thing, and then and then we can talk about whatever you want. Okay. Certainly. This is something I'm excited about. Oh. All right. I'm not going to tell you the player yet because I don't want you to know, but I think you do know. But I'm not. I don't want you to know. Okay. This guy has played three games this month. All okay? right. He's only gotten 25.3 minutes in those three games. Okay. Mm. Not sounding the greatest, right? No. He's only shooting 43.2%. Okay. But he's hit every single one of his free throws, okay, at 3.7 attempts a game. Okay? He's averaging 1.33s, 3.3 rebounds, an assist, a steal, 0.3 blocks, and 15.7 points in 25.3 minutes. Hmm. Are you interested at all in this guy? How many threes a game? Only 1.3. Mm. I'm intrigued. I wouldn't say I'm standardly interested. But I'm in, I'm intrigued. There's some potential. You want to guess? What's his uh, you what's you his potential? Guess what it is? I don't I I think I don't know. I don't know who this is. He probably he told plays me. for the he plays for the Denver Nuggets. Oh. Um is it Jamal Murray? It is much better than Chris Dunn, Jamal Murray. Way better than Chris Dunn, Jamal Murray. Now, here's what I think could happen. Okay? This dude has been playing pretty awesome. I like Jamal Murray. When you watch him play, you get the feel of, a, of, a, of an NBA player. You see it. And that's what I'm thinking. Okay? This could be a Devin Booker-esque situation. In the sense that the Nuggets are not probably making the playoffs, and they just kind of go, "You're playing 30 minutes now. You're playing 32 minutes now. You're playing 35 minutes now. You are one of our core pieces of the future." And this dude could get like 20 points a game. Yeah, I don't know why they wouldn't go. Let's see how well Jamal Murray runs a pick and roll with Joich. Like uh, Jokic could uh, is is playing incredible. He's obviously the, a piece of their future. Why not get Jamal Murray kind of in this rotation? And that's what I'm thinking. So if you're looking for a player who might just be really kind of sneaky going down the line here and really kind of have a nice little second half, not not second half breakout as you outlined earlier. The season is already more than half over. Um, Jamal Murray might be the guy I'm going for. I I like his potential for a, a block steal. Like a, a, he could maybe do like a half a block, a, a full steal, and a little over half a block from a guard, which is really pretty rare. Um, I like that potential, but as a guard, after that, not great assists, not great rebounds, and not great threes. That is a little concerning for a. Uh, maybe a Devin Booker esque type uh, breakout, but um, he starts shooting the ball a little bit better. Starts getting the line a couple more times a game. Uh, those points start going up. Points are hard to come by. Hits a, a few more threes. Maybe gets a, a few more assists and rebounds. Uh, you're looking at a guy who could across the board is uh, pretty solid. And that's that's kind of what I'm thinking. Like I'm not saying like it's going to be like a gigantic like. 
huge, huge breakout. But I mean, I, I think this guy's out there on some some waiver wires right now. Oh, um, guaranteed, guaranteed, and he's uh, he's playing right now. Uh, pretty, you know, solid minutes. He's had a couple uh, good games where he's kind of got he's got stats across the uh, the whole stat line, which is nice to see. Uh, but just when you look throughout his um, season so far, there's only a few stat lines that really, really stand out. Um, and it does look like he could be a, 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 a turn into kind of like a rebound, a rebounding type of guard. If he uh, if kind of switched his game up a little bit, maybe just looking at uh, just looking at his box scores, but um, the counting stats definitely need a, uh, to take a step up. I'm just thinking if he gets the minutes, he's only going to get better. And so he could fall kind of ass backwards into something here. I would agree. At worst, he is a uh, into the rotation type of guy. He's still ownable in standard leagues if he's playing 30 minutes a game, I think. Um, And at best, you're right, his ceiling is a big fat question mark. Maybe he is uh, someone who could break into the top 60 by uh, by averages if he's playing 34 minutes a game by the end of the year. And that would be great for playoff time. Just something to watch. Just something to chew the fat on. Something to check out. The uh, the Denver Nuggets, speaking of the Denver Nuggets, uh, Gallinari, poor Gallinari, uh, out again with an injury. And uh, that's really given Jamal Murray his kind of his, um, really his, uh, more of his, Playing time over the uh, last few games, I think. Um, are you worried at all about, you know, obviously Daniel Gallinari's got an injury history. Um, are you worried about, one, Dan- him staying healthy, Daniello staying healthy for the rest of the season, and two, Daniello hurting Jamal Murray's ceiling for the, uh, for the rest of the year? Um, no and no. I'm, I don't, I don't. Not worried at all. I don't think that Gallo, I mean, he's, he's already going to miss the next 10 days. I just, I think that Gallo can never stay healthy. I mean, other than in 2012, 2013, he played 71 games. What a year. Okay. The, the, the rest of the years around that are 43, 59, 53 and already 44 this season. That's a half, almost a career year for him. So, I mean, what's he got like 10 more games left before it's over? I mean, that's what history's telling us, right? Let's say Gallo comes back and um, is playing just as well as he was when, before he was injured. Uh, would you, would you move him for some safety before the playoffs? 100%. I, I think I agree. Um, and and I will say that Murray's value might too be helped by Moutier. He missed some games with a back injury. Um, now he came back and played in the last three games, and he may sit out again. I guess the back kind of flared up on him. And so uh, for their next game, he, he's questionable right now uh, with that same back injury. And that maybe intrigues me more in, if they are willing to kind of make Jamal Murray a de facto point guard in the sense that he just kind of like – gets to run some of the sets and run some pick and rolls. And I mean, that yeah, would be really be interesting. That is when Jamal Murray does become interesting because if you're going to get the, put the ball in his hands and force him to make some plays, 
um, suddenly his stats, his stat outlook really changes. Plus, I think, I mean, Moody is only 20 years old, so it, it's hard to say, but he's probably been worse this season than he was last year. I can't disagree. His shot still doesn't exist. Um, I seen some fairly good games from him, but overall, I, I wouldn't say he's improved on last year. And so if I'm them and I'm betting on a future asset, I, I think that Moutier may be more suited to being a Rajon Rondo current, where he just is kind of a a rebound and playmaker off the bench. Yeah, he could be a, a great second team point guard. Um, they got a lot of guys in that uh, in that backcourt: Gary Harris um, and Will Barton, on top of Jameer Nelson, Jamal Murray, and Emmanuel Mudiay. Do you see the Denver Nuggets, um, a team that probably should have made a trade every single year for the last five years? Uh, do you see them making a trade, especially to free up uh, some room for Jamal Murray? Here's the craziest thing about the Nuggets. Who do you trade for? And, and I'm not really necessarily looking for a player. I'm just looking for, like, a position. Maybe a power forward, like a stretch power forward. Yeah, let's say let's, Chandler. let's finally let's finally move on from the uh, Kenneth Fareed era. If I'm the if I'm Denver, right? Let's um, let's finally find a, a kind of a power forward who could actually play center, um, or you know maybe give uh, Nurich a, a, a better shot at playing along with uh, jo- Jokic. I. I don't know. I, I guess who do you move and how do you move them is is a probably has been their question for the last five years. Um, they could probably benefit from someone like Taj Gibson. I wouldn't disagree with that. I think though, like they're kind of if you're gonna move someone, I think you move a Gallinari or a Chandler and try to get someone young to kind of build a core up around their good young, you know, Jokic, Murray, Gary Harris. I mean, Will Barton is actually a guy I think they could move just because there's always teams out there looking for wings and help on the wings, and they might be able to get something a little bit better back for him than what he's really worth. Yeah, streaky scoring wing. Uh, I've always liked Will Barton just because uh, I, I don't think he has an off switch. Like, that guy's got tons of confidence even if he's not making any of his shots. Um, but Gary Harris is is definitely the better all around player there, and they might as well move forward with Gary Harris. Yeah, I could see Kenneth Reed, Will Barton, um, probably. I don't know if Daniela moves. I think they might hold on to him. I think um, Gallinari, he, they, they won't get enough back for him because of that's his, it. his injury is injury a, prone. He's a player who's more valuable to your team than he would be to trading, just because you're not going to get back the value that you should. No, definitely not. But I Wilson do, Chandler could be an interesting guy to move. If you saw, if you woke up tomorrow and saw that um, one of these backcourt players have been been moved, would you pick up Jamal Murray instantly? Yeah, I think I would too. I think that's the that would be the direction they're definitely going to go in. Well, I think I think they saw what you saw. They've seen some glimpses where they go. This could be a guy. Yeah, he's he's he makes basketball 
NBA level plays already. And that's, um, I mean, that's intriguing. So I just, I'm interested. I'm, I'm, I'm interested. I'm going to do a quick trade game with Daniello. Bounce him off some of the guys we already talked about. Right now, Daniello, let's say he's coming back in, a, in one game, not, you know, a couple weeks. Gallinari for Robert Covington. Give me Covington. Gallinari for Chris Middleton right now. Give me Middleton. Ooh. Wow. Hey, I'm just hating on Daniello. Daniello for Caldwell Pope. Ooh. Covintius. Contavious. Man, we uh, gotta get you up on this. See, got, I can't read. We gotta get you up on these <laughs> on these names, man. I, I just Contavious can't even read. Caldwell Pope. Um I went to public school, man. I I think I'm going with Call the Pope. That, that one I don't think man. I can agree. That one I don't think I can agree with. I think Gallinari's, I would I'd rather go with Daniel. He this this pop gun's got like eight more games left, man. Like if you want eight games, enjoy them. Yeah, but those eight those eight games are gonna be significantly better than Caldwell Pope's <sighs> strange, streaky season that he's had. Yeah, but at least there's 24 games of it, or however many. I don't even know. I don't got the math. I'm sure. Right. I guess when you, when you look at the totals, it's not going to look that right. bad. Actually, when um, you look at Cal- Caldwell Pope's totals now, they don't look that bad. Caldwell Pope has been Caldwell Pope. I mean, he's done basically what he's done his whole career. The assists are actually a lot, a little bit better. Um, I, I don't, I don't hate Caldwell Pope. I, I, don't I love just, him, but I don't, I don't hate him. I find it baffling that he can score 38 points in one game and two points in the next. It's just, um, it's Isn't that their team though. I mean, like they don't have a guy who consistently gets it. It's like one time no. Tobias Harris will have the 25 point game and then Marcus Morris will have the 25 point game and then Caldwell Pope will have it and then Drummond will have it. Yeah. The, like, Detroit doesn't know what they're doing. And I think they, they, they put a, a really nice, asset team together but they didn't put a nice team together um reggie jackson doesn't fit there um i think if you put chris paul on that team that team would be like the third maybe the second best record in the east i don't disagree with that but i I think you'd say that about a few teams like chris paul chris paul's single-handedly one of the best point guards of all time can't believe that they vetoed that Lakers trade and then left him go to the Clippers in the same building. It's all part of the master plan to make uh, the Clippers good when the when they knew the, the Lakers Clippers, would struggle. Make the Clippers relevant for the first time ever. Yeah, why not have two good teams in LA instead of one? Um. So yeah, uh, Reggie Jackson has kind of been disappointing a little bit this year. I will say that. Very disappointing. Um, a lot of people were waiting for him to come back from injury. And uh, I think, you know, unlike someone like Drew Holiday, who came back from injury and is now playing incredibly well, Richard Jackson never really put it together. I'm with you there. His, his minutes have also dropped as well. I think old um, Stan Van 
the Stan Van. He, uh, who I, I love, I love Stan Van Gundy. He's um, a lunatic, I, I assume. The, the there's a I, guy. I, I got like playing real quick. There's a guy yeah. who owns, owns a local pizza shop here, and he's a dead ringer for Stan Van Gundy. Wow, just like it's like greasy, it's like his twin. Yes. <laughs> clothes from the 90s and he's he's always just in there turning the pizzas and every time i see him i laugh and i think he probably thinks i'm in that case yeah he's like what's wrong with these stupid kids <laughs> not running the pick and roll right <laughs> i hate him <laughs> get to your spot i'm gonna ask him if he's a detroit basketball fan the next time i go in there i don't think i don't know that he'll get the reference but i'm hoping probably not or maybe it is Stan Van good you never know <laughs> You might do that on the side. It's a long flight every day to to work. As uh, as mediocre as Detroit Ben Stan Van might start looking into making pizzas here here in a few years. I don't think Detroit's gonna keep them around much longer. Um, I I just think it's so hard to be the team without a superstar, and I don't think they have one. Yeah, it turns out Drummond isn't going to be that guy. I think Drummond's really, really good. I think he's a, an incredible center. Um, obviously, he's playing well enough to be owned in all leagues, and uh, even, I think, in Roto Leagues, where he still kills you in free throws, um, he's still you know someone who can bring value. But in, in regular basketball, he's just not going to be – he's not even going to be Miles Turner. I mean, there's just a new a new age and a new type of center that's emerged very quickly and has left people like Andre Drummond behind. Well, and it, it just makes it so hard for people like Drummond to guard Kristaps uh, Porzingis or a, yeah. you know, Miles Turner who can stretch the floor the way they can and, and can move the way they can. and Or even Nokic. I mean... So, I mean, these so, big... Go ahead. No, yeah, suddenly it, you, you have to be versatile enough to step out and get back, to stay in front of a guard instead of it's like, well, I guarantee he's going around that guy. Um, you have to be competent enough to guard one through five uh, as as a center now. Yeah, and and these and these guys who can't do it, it's just it's so difficult for them to to be the superstar because they just they can't play defense anymore. Yeah, plus the I mean the post up game is dead, other than uh, Boogie Cousins dominating everyone. <laughs> He he's amazing to watch. Just amazing. Oh, buggy. Well, we should just do a whole episode about Buggy Cousins at some point. And please tune in on Wednesday for the Buggy Cousins Hour. Ooh, that doesn't sound too bad. I'd listen to that show. <laughs> I think that's it. We hit a lot of the hype train. Uh, we hit a lot of the, the big players move around. Uh, if you out there got suggestions about stuff you'd like to cover, questions about teams, uh questions about the second half for the rest of the year for your team find us on twitter you can find me at watch the boxes all one word and tyler what's your twitter account um you can find me at watsy four 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 so that's my last name with a y and then four number fours perfect yep and if you like what you're hearing here leave us a review on whatever app you're listening to this show on right now ratings and reviews really help us uh climb in the rankings and help other people find the show and uh, tell a friend. Uh, you, maybe you don't want them taking all this great advice that we're giving, obviously. Uh, the hype train is something you want to keep to yourself. But don't. Tell everybody about it. 
and uh, do what you can to uh, rate and review the show. And if you got feedback for us, hit us up on Twitter. Here's what I'll do. If you tell a friend and you DM me on Twitter, I'll give you some secret information they can't hear. Ooh, yeah. That's a good move. I like that. I'll uh, if you if you want to trade with somebody and you tell them about the show, I'll t- we'll we'll tell you how to screw them over in a trade. <laughs> we'll tell you how to swindle them. Swindling one yeah. on one. Yeah, we'll also help you rob their house. <laughs> we won't, wait, no, we won't do that. We won't do. I that. don't know anything about that. I, so you're on your Never own mind. there. Never mind. Don't <laughs> don't worry about that. Um. So yeah. Thanks for joining me, Tyler. It's uh, been a pretty good show. And I think next time we're going to look into a, a couple other teams that might be uh, changing their, um, I guess, their philosophy moving into the second half of the season. It was a pleasure as always, Mike. I'm looking forward to it. Thanks for joining me. And thanks everybody at home for joining us. Have a good night, everybody. <laughs>